Hello and welcome to the Film Ireland podcast. I'm Gemma Cray and in this episode I chat with writer-director Philip Doherty and the lead actor Aaron Monaghan about their fabulous film Redemption of a Rogue. So this darkly conic story follows Aaron's character Jimmy on the road to salvation after returning to his hometown. amazing film just so visually striking so funny really enjoyable to watch um, I'll, I'll come to both of you actually because the the character of Jimmy is so strong how do you guys build him together as a performer and writer director before he'd written this Philip kind of knew how this film happened beat by beat and I, I'm always talking about that first meeting where he pitched it to me but it was so clear and what what really excited me and what jumped out to me was all the biblical references that he had in in uh, in mind, um, and it's you know he's called Jimmy Collins JC. So I mean, there's not a huge leap of the imagination there. So that, like that that was a helpful motif in where we're going, and he's, he's sort of like this bizarre. He's like this antichrist figure as well. Um, I think w- w- what the, when the script arrived, what was very obvious to me was that like. Um, Jimmy is just kind of grey and, and black and kind of um, depressed and he's just in an awful, awful place and he wants to end his life. Whereas around him are all these amazingly colourful characters. Um, I don't know if he ever talked about it, Philip, but um, I, I, I think the challenge for me became about like not competing with all these other amazingly funny actors. It's, it's almost like play the deadpan, play the straightness, let all the other characters be funny because... I think when when you are in those kind of very dark places, whether it's like grief or depression or something like that, the world just, ordinary things in the world just seem absurd to you. Um, So for me, it was like try and stay (laughs) nearly as monotone as you can, but still go on a journey um, and and to feel reassured in that. And like Philip held my hand every step of the way in that regard. Because it's so strong. And actually, just before we before we go on to yourself, uh, Philip, I just want to say just chatting to you. I know this is a podcast, but it's actually amazing that physical transformation. You look about 15 years younger <laughs> than you do in the film. Like, I'm actually shocked looking at That's you. Going, How did you do that? <laughs> but it's also it's all part of that transformational performance. Like this is this is the, the kind of character of him that you created just completely. Uh, it's the headset, yeah. I suppose, as well. But what Philip created as well, it was it's kind of easy in many ways. I think yeah. you, you did, we had a day off after that scene, so it was just <laughs> a delight having a day off. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm joking. Um, but uh, yeah, so the, the, the Jimmy Cullen, the, so um, Aaron was on board pretty much, thankfully, at the beginning when, when we, we I pitched the idea to Aaron, and geez, he he. Um, he said he'd love to do it. And that was just like to have someone of his caliber. He's such an incredible actor on board. He's like one of the best actors in the country. So that really kind of, I went after the film when I was writing the, the, the early drafts. So I had Aaron in mind the whole time while writing it. So I was able to visualize Aaron in each scene dealing with all these characters. And um, so that really helped as well on, on, on that journey of, of creating that character. Um, and, you know, we, we kept in touch as well. We did some readings um, on it and Aaron was generous with some ideas. So it, it was a collaboration and a huge collaboration in that sense. And um, 
do you know, Aaron made my life very easy. He's, he's, he's an amazing actor and um, he brought so much to it. And it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a credit to him, what, 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 really what, what you see on the, on the screen. And, um, but yeah, I never saw anyone else in, in the role really for, at all. And we, and we, we, we kind of, um, we were able to talk about absolutely everything and, and, and keep in touch from, from costume, from look and all those things tr- from start to finish. So, um, and we kind of have a bit of a shorthand. We know each other from you know, our teenage years as well. And that kind of helps as well. Um, and we know, very much know that world that we grew up in, the pair of us as well. And it is kind of, for a guy that's going through such surreal thoughts, he's actually the, the straight character in this, in this world filled with eccentric, larger than life beings. Yeah, and it's and it's it's um it, it's a very rich, rich, rich world. Um, and I will say this actually from your theatrical background, Philip, it's it, it's such a visual story. That's not, I'd say, the the kind of common assumption one would make when you're going from theater. You you it kind of make assumptions about things being very, very dialogue heavy, but it's just such almost like a like a graphic novel, um, mood wise at times, like it's such a spectacle. Um, so can you tell me about, you know, like, how did you achieve this going in? Like, was this all written as part of the text when you were doing the drafts? Were these things that you worked out with the DOP along the way? Like, what was, what's your process there? Because it's as much a part of the narrative of the story as the actual story itself. Cool. Um, yeah, so it's a combination of all those things. Um I tried to put everything on the page as much as possible. And it did go, I did go through quite a few drafts. I mean, before I wrote Redemption of a Rogue and screenwriting, you know, my background is in theater and I would have been used to writing plays and I love writing dialogue, but theater also is a, is a visual medium as well. And I do love visual theater. And when I direct theater, I kind of want to make it as much of a spectacle as, as possible. But yeah, I do sometimes fall in love with writing long reams and reams of dialogue. <laughs> so there were drafts where that was the case. Um, so w- when I was writing the script, I, I probably, there was parts of it where I was kind of very aware of the playwright being the playwright. And I was maybe overcompensating at times for these long, dream, like, long vi- dreamlike sequences of, of visual descriptions um, on that as well. But I, 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 wrote a, I wrote a version of Redemption of a Rogue and... Um, but it was very, very much as what, you, what you've seen. But I kind of bottled it actually um, after about three drafts because I was finding it hard to get a producer who wouldn't take this on. We'd only 45,000 euro to shoot this. You can't do this is basically what was- Presume you got more. We did, we got, we got post-production more, but that's what I had just that at the time was. for Cabin County Council. Yeah, so- um, but- <laughs> That is insane. I, I'm actually, I'm normally not allowed to ask about budget because people get very worried about okay, it. Well, so I was like, I was like, I'd love to know how much that costs. Stop it. That um, is- <laughs> so yeah, the, 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 I'll go back to the writing in a little bit, but I will tell you a little bit about that because the, the, the small, tiny amount of money and my ignorance was an absolute blessing, I think, on, on this. Um, but I, we were making theatre shows in Cavan with this incredible team of designers and visual artists and set builders and actors and musicians. So we were making big theatre shows on tiny budgets, like theatre shows with 150 people. So the natural step with this incredible team was to make the leap into a film. And I knew if we could do it anywhere in the world is with this team in Cavan and with the community behind it, that we could pull this off on this budget. And the community did come in behind it in, in kind. 
But having said that, so I wrote it with that in mind, now we can do this. And my brother's uh, production designer, he can do anything. Um, so, but I, I, I kind of got a little bit of cold feet at one stage where I was like, no, I, I, we can't. And I wrote a different version, um, which no one will ever see. Sadly, Aaron did see it, um, which was just lads shouting at each other in rooms. <laughs> and it was very much the playwright making a film and it was all dialogue based. It wasn't very visual, it wasn't very cinematic, but you could pull it off, you know, in the space of time. So Shane Conathan, the writer of My Left Foot, um, and Eugene O'Brien as well was a big help. They're, they're both experienced screenwriters, but but Shane Conathan in particular, he wrote both, he read um, both drafts and he was like, he loved Redemption of a Rogue and he had problems with the other one. And he drove down to my house in Cavan and said, Philip, you have to make Redemption of a Rogue. I don't care how you do it. You just have to find a way. That's the film you need to make. And he was so complimentary and referencing all these art house filmmakers, which, you know, I hadn't consciously had in my mind while, while writing it. And so he gave me the confidence boost because I was at the crossroads at that time. And I was just no stopping then after that. We, 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 we were able to find a way. And the universe does have a, a way of providing because Pale Rebel came on board then as well. And they were able to pull a brilliant camera team on board on that. So it was very much on, on, on the script. But then I was able to collaborate with the most brilliant people. You know, my brother was, was a production designer. He had an army of volunteers and visual artists working on the project. Um, the community of Cavan, as I said, Bershie Wagner then came on board and he was so generous with his ideas. And we, we looked at the style of this and it does feel a little bit like a neo-Western and shooting it in widescreen and anamorphic lenses. So it was a wonderful collaboration with him. I, I love that. Um, so it was then after the, the script moment, it was working with those wonderful people that helped kind of bring it in and, and, and realise what you saw in, in, in the film. So it's all down to the people that I had and I'm just so grateful for those wonderful, creative, imaginative, beautiful people. And as well, I suppose you're keeping a lot of cooks out of the kitchen and you get to keep your unique voice without having to put it through too many filters as well, which is which is a sort of good for something that is so, like its own style its own unique voice and I, I like it, it it's it's a joy to watch and I, I am such a massive fan of that dark humor um so I'm just I'm just gonna go back to you Aaron and I'm like you said you would let those characters um kind of do their thing was there room for people playing around like there's some there's some great faces in there there's some brilliant kind of almost these heightened versions of these familiar characters. Uh, what, when it comes to timing and getting that comedy across, was there playing around on, on set? Was the edit very important? Like what, okay, so how did you as an actor do it first? Um, well, I think that comes down to Philip again. I mean, I, I, everything you've talked about so far was on the page, you know, all those ideas. Um, and very, I think very little changed on the day when we were shooting stuff. Um, it was very, very clear. So you, like, we didn't change lines really at all. Um, it, 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 he writes very rhythmically as well. And you can kind of tell that a lot of the time the delivery is deadpan. Um, so yeah, very, very little changed on, on the day. The, the difficulty is, I suppose the difficulty in playing the straight man to all these other funny characters is trying not to laugh and trying not to compete and be funny as well, because that's kind of where it falls dead. But um, no, I mean, I, mem I remember the, the only thing that we were allowed to play with 
I think not that we weren't delighted to play with, but like it, the, the fight scene with Kieran Roach, which was the first day. Amazing. Yeah, like I, I remember it was just a big wide angle, and like we kind of did the first couple of beats, and it was like, and then we're just gonna go to this big big wide angle, and we've one take because we're pressed for time that day, and it was it was Kieran's first day on set as well, and we'd never met each other. Um, and it was just go for it. And I think like it's cut a lot, but we did like, I think it was a nine minute take or something with that of us just kind of badly messing like like brothers would do, not efficiently fighting at all. Just kind of like, but that, that was crack. Even in that, and I'm like, you're you're definitely selling yourself short. You were allowed to take some of this credit now, but uh, there's there's even just this beat. Like I, this is what I think about the timing working so well and adding to that humor. Like there's just this beat where you know, like the two the two lads see each other again, the brothers see each other again. They're they you know they they spend a bit of time. It looks like it's going to be a warm embrace, and then there's a beat, and then there's a head. <laughs> what is it like? Not to give too much away, like it's not that far in, but like, and then there's like a headbutt, and what I think is like, it's just the timing of that is so spectacular, like, and I I do think like the delivery of stuff, like, like I'm sure it's I'm sure it's a, a mix between you two, and also some very 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 sharp editing, but it is lovely, like it's that that pacing is perfect for a comedy, and it's all about timing. Do you know, like if that was a be too quick. You'd, you'd lose that moment of setting up our expectations as an audience and then we'd, you know, and then we'd, it's like, I'm sure you get loads of laughs. So actually, speaking of which, because the visual spectacle is so important, because the humour is so important to this, did you guys get to see it in a cinema much with the thing? Because this is something I can see really, ah, Jesus. Not <laughs> So um, for the go with Film Fla, um, and you know, it's my first feature, so I don't know any better. <laughs> um, so Gemma, so I bought a big telly, you know, and I treated myself to that, and I actually had a red carpet here, and we put it out. <laughs> um, but no, I hadn't seen it, but it did feel like a premiere, because um, just text messages coming in, there was a wonderful buzz around Cavan at the time, and social media, everything, and the nerves certainly felt like it was a premiere as well. Um, but as regards to the big screen, it was here. But I, I've, I've seen it once on the, on the big screen. And it was recently, just a month ago, um, in Greece, in Kimelos, at the, the Kimelos International Film Festival. And it was just, I, I forgot that I'd never seen it with other people. And no mind on a, on a big screen. And it was in Greece, on a beach, at full, a full moon night. Um, with the, you could do, the full moon was shimmering on the sea behind. It was just this... Beautiful, surreal, uh, magical moment. <laughs> and then it's in subtitles as well. And um, But the Greeks were laughing so hard at all the black comedy, even the GEA scenes they just loved. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, the, the, the Greeks are getting Irish humour. And that was just such a, a heartwarming feeling. So that was the one and only time and it was wonderful. But hopefully we'll get to see it <laughs> together yeah. in the big screen. I can't think of a film that would be more satisfying to watch as some as people who've worked in it on a big screen with other people. It's like that feeling of you've you've paid your dues since you've worked very hard <laughs> and you get to like reap the rewards of actual pure laughter because like I was laughing by myself and I never do that like for those <laughs> moments. Um, so, so it must be very satisfying. So, yeah, go out there now that things are opened up and make sure you go to as many screenings as possible so that they'd be delighted. Oh, definitely. I'm going to sneak into the Midlands somewhere and just go into some random um, cinema 
some I haven't decided, but <laughs> just, just driving the car and I'll find one. Yeah, I can't wait. So anyway, I do, I do do definitely want to go back to the shoot. So how long was the shoot? And how did you get all that rain? Twenty one days or something like that. It was pretty intense, wasn't it? Yeah, it was about three weeks. Yeah, it was about yeah to twenty one days, and um, it was very intense. <laughs> um, but um, I think everyone because of the, the the small budget that we had, everyone was on board on this just for the pure passion of making films, and it was pretty much most of the crews. Um, first feature film certainly um, all the heads of the department was all our first feature film so we all had that labour of love as well but everyone even though there were long days and we were getting a lot of we're getting a lot of um, footage um, and there were tiring days and Aaron was in the rain and we were you know it looked like I was trying to kill one of the best actors in the country <laughs> um, with, with, with rain um, it, it was a joyous experience from start to finish because people were there in the right attitude and you know, there for the pure love of making films so we crammed in a lot with all those days but it, 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 we were laughing on set and you know all those comedic moments and it was just a, it, was, it was such a brilliant team that we were, we were working with and, and then and the rain Aaron can <laughs> did you you, Aaron had to suffer a lot because of the rain. So, my, my, an official public apology. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> sure. It's a bit of damp. damp. Get on. Uh, so, so, what was it? Like, was there a rain machine going the entire time? What was the? No, no. I mean, I think Philip has said before that, like, the the cost of a rain machine would have blown the budget in two days. So um, and like for I think there's I think it rains in eighty percent of the film. So he got this amazing crew together that re- that made their own rain machines. Like there was one point um, where I think it was the fight scene that there was a rain machine that covered pretty much the entire street of one of the towns that we were filming in and got the entire cast and crew soaking wet. So you could do these really big wide shots. Um, it was kind of astounding what they managed to do. It was just, uh, yeah, there was cranes, there was tractors, there was big tanks of water. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was amazing. It really was. Yeah, because like the only way it would have more of a spectacle that or be more difficult to shoot because I was I, like I was seeing this and I was like that must just like I couldn't believe the cost that is if it had like a load of animals in it, like a load of them. <laughs> we did like thousands. That could be what? your next one. Yeah, <laughs> a thousand of them. <laughs> and they all have characters and roles. That was in an early draft, actually. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, as Aaron said, like the, 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 we had very little money, so we had to think on our feet. It had to be inventive. You had to be imaginative. And, and working together for so long in theatre, a lot of the production team, that underpinned everything. Um, we had that shorthand. So Shane Carroll led his his team that were called the Water Boys on set, and he collaborated with the fire service and local plumbing companies and the Cavan County Council. So everyone was it was a real collective artistic spirit in, in pulling this off. And, and it wasn't that we can't do that; it's how we can do that. And everyone was coming up with solutions left, right, and centre. So that was and and, put, and and it was such a satisfying experience for when it all worked out. Stunning, like like really, really stunning. Um, and I just want to go back, actually, sort of go right back to the writing process, because it's just you said there was a bunch of different drafts. So was this did this idea always start off as a film for you? Was this like, I know this format is a film or was it a play and then you were playing around with it? Like how how did it kind of gain life? 
It's a good question. It's fun. <clears throat> I've never adapted the play onto to screen yet. Maybe I'll get an opportunity someday. Um, but this idea I had um, for quite a while, for about 10 years, and I've been, I was ignoring it and ignoring it. And you have to pay attention, I think, to those ideas that stay with you. Because, you, you know, you could have an idea a day and you think it's, this is an amazing idea and then you forget about it in an hour. Um, but there's very few that stay with you. And this was one of them. And I always saw it as a film. And that's rare. Do you know, you might have an idea or something or even an image or a memory. And you're like, is it a TV film? Is it a film? Is it a TV show? Sorry, and, or maybe it's a play. And you do have those questions, but that, that wasn't the case with Redemption of a Row. I always saw it visually. And it was that return of the prodigal son returning home was that imagery that I had early on. And I always saw it as a film. So, and that's not, that's, that's unusual for me that it is so clear not knowing what it is. So, um, yeah. And then um, I guess I, I, I kind of, I wanted to do something as, as, as visually as, as striking as I could. And, um, and I think when writing it, um, I wrote a lot of it while listening to music as well. So I was listening to a lot of Delta blues and Tom Waits and getting myself in the mood <laughs> by writing it in the doors. And then I collaborated a lot with Robbie Perry. The, um, he's a composer in, uh, and a musician in Cabinet I've worked a lot with in, over the years. So I knew what he could do musically as well. And those things, I think the music and the, and the visuals really help create the imagery when you're listening to the music as well. The, the sound design is absolutely spectacular. Like the, the, the beat, the, 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 the mix, the levels, like everything, like it really does um, elevate everything without intruding, which is the perfect, the perfect cocktail of things. Um, so how long did that take? What kind of process was that? And did you, Aaron, do any ADR as well? There's a little bit of ADR towards the end, but like not, not very much, no. Sorry, yeah, just, just when there's so much kind of um, outside external factors, you know, like and when you're not on set, or when you're not in a studio, I'm just like, it's very clean as well. Yeah, the two guys that did sound, the location sound, did an outrageously brilliant job. Like, I mean... I was kind of unaware of how tough the job was. I'm very aware now. But what they did was a huge achievement. It was Steve and Jamie um, that did this, the, the sound. So that was a huge help then for the post-production going in with, 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 with Reagan to get the dialogue clean. And, um, and they did an unbelievable job. And Reagan so generous with their time and really invested in the film and really worked with me on it. It was, it was a labor of love from them as well. And they really gave it as much energy and focus and time and, and great ideas as well on that. So yeah, again, it's the great collaboration of people and it's all those people coming together with their expertise. And I'm just so grateful for everyone to, 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 to work on this, but yeah, um, that was, that was, a, and we had to do a little bit of fixing here and there on, on stuff. And he created some magic that, um, I wouldn't have the technical expertise to describe. <laughs> so, and then finally, I just want to ask one really, really quick one, because I know we're running out of time, but it's okay. So the themes in this, I know Ireland is very much so a secular society nowadays, but has there been any backlash as well? Because you are, I don't know, like tackling, like I think brilliantly, I've no problem with it and I'm well on board for and it's not sort of mean spirited as well like it's it's quite like a, a kind of nudge and a wink type humor but has there been any backlash no not not yet, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> I don't know if there can be I mean I I I, I, for one, I love the, the religious themes running through it yeah. I think it's like 
yeah, and for me, like playing a character who has lost faith, not just in uh, religion, but just lost faith in life and that um, and that he kind of finds some sort of redemption or finds some sort of purpose. Uh, I, I think it's actually in many ways pro-religious and maybe it's get, getting older. You know, I, I, I don't have a stitch of faith in me in many ways, but I really wish I did. And I find the older I get, the more I see the purpose of religion and the kind of comfort it can bring. Um, and I feel a little bit jealous of that. And that that's kind of what drew me to the film since that first, um, a lot of what drew me to the film, since that first conversation I had with Philip, that the purpose of it, that there, there are those moments of magic realism, or if you want to call them religion, whatever you want to call them, they're there in the film. So I think there's, I think it's a film about faith in many ways and about purpose. Um, so I'd be really surprised if there is a backlash. It's not blasphemous. It certainly pokes fun, but um, it, it also... I think the film also says that these things have a, a purpose as well. And it, and it's it's very it's that's what I was saying. It's quite a, it's quite an affection. I think and it's again it's very warm. It's very kind of cutting of <laughs> in a good way. But one of my favorite scenes overall is is that moment where they uh their Virgin Mary's like, "Do you have any fags?" <laughs> <laughs> that comes like, from personal experiences. That happened to me. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, so it, it's interesting you say and and. You know, completely agree with Aaron. I do. Jimmy's on a spiritual journey, and I think all good films are the characters on on a spiritual journey, and, and certainly Kubrick films. And and I do. There, it is. It has got a lot of hope in that, and he is going from a dark place to a light place and to a hopeful place. So I think that should be life affirming, and hopefully it is for people because no matter how dark things can get or how unbearable things can get, and they have been that way for some people over the last while that humor actually can lift you out of that dark place and you can always have a laugh no matter what how dark it is and how unbearable humor can lift you out and find that light on that and that's why i love always been drawn to black comedy and help you process the pain as well like i think it's it's not something that you shy away from in the text at all it's, it's the kind of even though it is so magic and, and wonderful in many ways like it is there's gritty elements to it and and, and dark topics like that that moment i think it's very very funny but that bleak funny that bleak humor where he goes in and he's like looking for rope to buy rope and then just the back and forth and that kind of that kind of deadpan like well what you need it for but it's just I think that's again really sings to people because it's it's not sugarcoating anything either you know but in a, in a way that that's kind of truthful and has that humor to it and it's not going oh everything is fine which I I think brings that depth to it so it's, it's such an enjoyable watch cool thanks so much Jen. i'm delighted you, you you really enjoyed it and you know a lot of that deadpan humor as well it helps when you've got brilliant actors who are who've yeah. got funny bones like aaron like karen roach like ashling and liz and all of them Charlie Lorna, all of them and, and, and great chemistry as well absolutely yeah i mean i've i've pretty much worked with everyone um except Ashling actually, but I've seen her a lot on stage and she's a powerful actor, do you know? Um, and Aaron's probably worked with some of them, uh, with most of the actors as well, but um, I kind of, do you know, I, I took my time casting it and from the people I knew from, from around me. And I think that's such a, probably one of the most important jobs as a director is, is the casting and finding the spirit of that person for the character. But that all helped with the, the humour because it's the actors that are delivering the line and that has to be a lot of credit goes towards them. And I've always been drawn to characters. Maybe it's because 
and even though you, you might like them at the time, but just those honest characters, you know what I mean? <laughs> you just, you, you kind of admire them as well, that they are so honest and deadpan and saying what they think, being kind of secretly in love with those people. <laughs> and it's so true, but there's the truthfulness to this. That's such an enjoyable watch. So, but thank you guys so much for chatting with me. I'm, I'm, I'm so much even now to think about. I'm, I'm so impressed by it. I think this has been my favorite Irish film that I have seen in a long time. This has been absolutely blown me away. So amazing, amazing work. You're getting your release now. So you've, yeah, so that's it. Like it's, it's, it's out in the world. Your baby is born. So I'm sure you'll get a great reaction for it because I think there's, there's such hunger for something like this. But thank you guys so much for chatting with us. Thank you. Thanks for Gemma. Thank you. Bye-bye. Peace.